Welcome everyone, you're listening to Bear With Us with Jordan Jensen and Joe Bolanski. In this episode, we go through every transaction the Bears have made and if it makes them better or worse for the 2020 season. Thank you guys for listening and I hope you enjoy the show. What's up everybody and welcome to Bear With Us. I'm Jordan Jensen. Co-host Joe Bolanski. And this is our first, not only, um, I'm not going to say post-free agency Bears conversation, but it's our first post-coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic uh, conversation. Joe, I'm just glad that you're alive. How's everything down in Illinois? Yeah, dude, it's popping off, man. Um, Yeah. You know, stay in order, stuff like that. You want to talk about horrible, horrible timing to have graduated college and then looked for a job. And then the nation shuts down, right? right. So I'm doing real, yeah. real well over here on the home front. Um, it, it cracks me totally up. Totally get it. <laughs> this, this, this might digress us here real quick, but it just makes me laugh. So like, we're supposed to get those like government stipends or whatever, right? Like yep. I think that passed or whatever. And first of all, bro, I hope I better qualify as like an adult and not a child, and then they'll see that yeah. I haven't worked. But anyways, but dude. Do you remember the skit from Chappelle show? I don't know how much you like watched that when it was on or just through like perusing the internet, but you know, the skit he had where, um, <laughs> and I was talking with a friend with this is, oh man, I feel like this is toting the line, but it's funny. It's funny. You remember the reparations, uh, skit? I don't know. He's no, all right. So <laughs> it's in like a low income community and like black people end up getting like reparations from the government for slavery. And everybody uh-huh. just, like, loses their mind and is, like, spending money on dumb shit. Like, the one dude gets, like, a box truck of cigarettes and, like, you know, they're, like, playing dice and gambling. And that's just uh-huh. how I envision, like, how this is going to go once everybody gets those checks, <laughs> well, bro. Yeah. Like, we are going to be, like, I'm going to be slightly irresponsible with government money. Like, thank you very much. I'll use three quarters of it wisely. But that, that first quarter, right. oh, I'm going to be a knucklehead with it. You better believe that. You can't just give me money and not expect <laughs> right. me to do dumb shit with it right like right. i'm not a mature adult i'm i'm an idiot and i think that's what they want uh not for everybody but for most people is that hey if you're gonna the money, spend it you know give it back to the people give it you know boost the economy with it you know bring it put it back into the country you know i think that's what it's mainly for because a lot of people are going to be able to get unemployment or a lot of people are going to be able to work from home so the fact that everybody gets a check i think it's more like hey we're going to give you the money our economy absolutely just took a shit because everything is closed once everything opens again here's money to go boost it up so i think that's mainly what it's for but like you said i i can't fucking wait to get this check i i, I better be an adult, an adult. it's it's crazy because i mean if i'm going to be making unemployment and if I'm going to be getting 100% of what I normally make, like I think Trump said, if I get that and this $1,200 check, I think is what it is, like I'm about to be yeah. making more money than I would when I'm, you know, working all the time. Like I'm but, not even like, going to know what to do. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And like that's how just like accustomed to like college and like scuzzy life I've been. It's like, 1200 bucks like i'm rich like that's like a million bucks i could do (laughs) unlimited things with 1200 bucks like that's unbelievable i mean shit i mean i get excited when i have a hundred dollars in my bank account but now you're giving me a grand to work with damn all right i'm i'm pretty i'm all right 
I like this. That's <laughs> this what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I'm going to like tuck some of it away in case of an emergency that my NCAA 10 game or NCAA football 14, if those like somehow get worn out and I need to buy another copy, it's like, boom, got, right. I got my exactly. EA money. Right. They need to I need bring to those do games that. back, man. Yeah, they they do. And I mean, like, I I have my NCAA ten for my PlayStation three sitting right behind me. And you know what? It's broke. It hasn't worked, and I'm freaking dying. But I still have NCAA football. I think thirteen. I think that's what it is. But still, I want to play college basketball. I mean, it's killing me. Dude, that's but yeah, yeah. But hey, let's let's talk about football, right? <laughs> let's talk about the yep. Bears, right? Um, so free agency started about a week and a half ago. Uh, today is March, what, 26th? And I think it started on the, uh, I don't even know. Was that like the 15th or something like I, that? I think it was, yeah, I think it was the 15th. And well, so the, Bear, the Bears have been pretty busy. I mean, they haven't had a whole lot of cap, but they've been busy. First, they re-signed Dan Trevathan. They placed a second-round tender in Roy Robertson-Harris. They released Leonard Floyd and, and uh, signed Robert Quinn. They... <laughs> Foolishly signed Jimmy Graham to a two-year deal. They traded for Nick Foles. Uh, they brought back Dion Bush. They signed cornerback Artie Burns to a one-year deal. They also signed safety Jordan Lucas from Kansas City for a one-year deal. And they brought back guys like Brent Urban, DeAndre Houston Carson. And, of course, they brought back Tyler Bray for some reason. And they also reached one-year deals with... Uh, outside linebacker Barkevius Domingo and um, offensive lineman Jermaine Fetty. So I mean they've been really, really busy. They, I mean they've had a lot of holes to fill, and they've done a good job, I think, spreading it around for the most part. Um, but Joe, I think our, our our last show. It's been a while since we've done a show, but I think our last show was which we had to do twice was talking about the Bears' quarterback situation, and. I don't remember where Foles was on your list, but I know that he was on your list. Um, so when you heard, well, first we heard the rumors what that they're close to signing Teddy B, right? That yep. was like the first like hour of free agency, and I was like, wait, what is this really happening? And then that somehow just disappeared out of nowhere. And then the next day they trade for Nick Foles. So what what was your reaction when you heard that the Bears were trading Nick Foles for a fourth round compensatory pick? Excuse me, uh, middle of a yawn, but yeah, no. I, I, I so here's the thing: they like they restructured his deal, um, so that yeah. kind of, that helps, you know. I, I I believe it's um, more like front end loaded, and then just like Mitch, that they could kind of walk away, um, for the right. most part unscathed. And I know obviously Jacksonville's eating up some dead money, so that helps. Right. I don't think I don't this move to me. And I, I guess that he, you know, he might have been on my list, right? Like, but the dude's had a roller coaster career. Like, I still don't Literally, think, like, yes, like, yes, he's a Super Bowl MVP, right? Right. But that was lightning in a bottle, and I, I just don't think that that's sustainable. Now, granted, a uh, hundred fortieth overall was was the pick that they gave for him, right? Whatever, I can move on from that. There's no guarantees, like that. There's you know going to be a good value at one forty or somebody right. who you feel that will work for you. Um, cause you know, that's getting towards the back end of the draft, but I, I think they, they claim it's an open competition, um, going into training camp and I don't see there for like a reason not to be, because I don't really think Nick Foles isn't the answer. Even if Mitch 
can't turn it around, and Mitch is not the answer either. Nick Foles isn't either. So, right. you know, I guess he can come in. He can provide some mentorship, right? He's obviously had a wild career. Maybe there's something that Trubisky could relate to with him, and he can kind of help him get through some of this, maybe, you know, learn the playbook or something like that, because there's familiarity there, too, with, with um, Nagy and Foles. So I, I think that um, some of that definitely had to play a role into it based upon the other people that were out there. Because, yeah, like you had said, when it first, you know, free agency opened up, Teddy Bridgewater was yeah. linked, like, oh, they're, they're, they're talking with him. And in my opinion, if you sign a guy like Teddy B, that's your quarterback of the future, right? Exactly. Like you can get extended right. use out of him. Even if they bring in somebody like Andy Dalton, while I'm not the biggest fan in the world, you can – get time out of him like he's sort of your long-term solution midterm solution we'll say not quite as right. long as teddy b right but he's still going to provide you with that opportunity where i don't really think that falls into the fold of the the bears locker room the the quarterback room i i just don't think that he's the answer and i don't think that this necessarily means that mitch's time is done in chicago either i really don't so going into training camp they claim that it's going to be you know a quarterback competition yeah Hopefully that's the extra kind of spark under Trubisky's ass that'll get him fired up and ready to go. Maybe that's all he needed. Maybe he got a little complacent or something. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy to do that, listening to his press conferences and stuff like that. But maybe that was part of his problem. Maybe he got a little complacent. He had a taste of that NFL success. He was like, sweet, I'm in no danger of losing my job here. Right. You know, kind of being young and just having a different mindset. So maybe this will light a fire under his ass and re-sparks some of the stuff that we've seen that he's capable to do. And that's part of my thing, too, is, like, it'll be interesting because either quarterback who's out there, in my opinion, like, it's two totally different offenses, right? Oh, because with, like, Nick Foles, it, it's going to be more of your standard under, under center, four or five-step drops, where it's, like, with, with Trubisky, you can have a little bit of a, of a triple option or something like that, or you can, right. you can run a bootleg and give him some creativity. So. It's two totally different offenses, too, when both quarterbacks are in there. So I kind of think, too, that that's something to maybe factor in is how does Nagy want to do this? Who's going right. to fit better? You know? And, and I, think I, that's... I guess conventional wisdom maybe says Mitch, but the you know the tape's out there. It's, it's no secret that he's been struggling. And then um, by signing Tyler Bray, I, I don't that doesn't mean nothing to me. Where did he right. put, yeah. come from? Indiana, maybe? I'm gonna look, yeah. look that up. If if I'm if I'm right, if he came from Indiana, I'm damn good. But I watch too much football. Um, but I still I, think that this opens up like the opportunity to still try to draft a quarterback, see who you can get. Yeah. Right? Because and, uh, I mean, I don't know. This isn't long term. Yeah. It's it's just it's a ton of money, even though they still kind of restructure and stuff like that. Right. Was time was obviously up in in Jacksonville, right? He unfortunately gets hurt. That what first game like four first games game. whatever yep yeah whatever it was it was not long and Minshew Mania took over right so his right. time in, in Jacksonville was going to be done so it's not like it took a lot of capital or anything like that to try to get him from that right. aspect um I feel like to a certain degree that could have been sort of the same same tender made for uh Cam Newton if we're being honest I don't think he would have been that expensive yeah. either enough. but yeah you know it's, we'll see yeah. what happens going into training camp if and when it ever starts right like who knows yeah and i think you know since you just brought that up i think that's one of the reasons why they wanted to bring in someone 
like Nick Foles, who has worked with every coach on the offensive staff. He, you know, he's been with Nagy in Kansas City, and he was with uh, Laser in Philadelphia, and he was with the Flippo in Philadelphia, and last year in Jacksonville. So I think, given you know the uncertainty of just where we are as a country, but especially in the NFL, who knows when you know these when the Bears are actually going to meet as a team and be able to you know, work on the offense as a team. And if you're going to bring in someone who, yeah, probably has more upside like Teddy B or Cam Newton, you know, that might be great in a normal off season, but we might not, they might not be able to get in the building and learn the offense and be familiar with the coaching staff, the system and the players on the roster until training camp actually starts. And so given that Nick Foles has, has familiarity with the coaching staff, you know, a lot of it, you know, not just a little, but every every guy on the staff, it seems like. I think that is why they made it a priority to go get him instead of a guy like Cam Newton. Um, and given that they got, if only had to give up a fourth-round pick, I think we'll, we'll pick 140. Uh, I don't see any quarterback in the draft that's going to be there at 140 that I feel comfortable with. Um, and especially that's going to give me more value right now than Nick Foles would. So, you know, given that aspect, all you had to give was a fourth round pick. I think that's a positive, uh, a lot like, like you've been saying, I've been hearing two different reports, two totally wildly different reports. I've been hearing one side that says it's competition but it's Mitch's to lose, and he's probably going to be given the starting job at the at week one, no matter what, unless it's just clear and obvious that Foles is five to ten times better. And I've also been hearing the opposite side of the spectrum that says that the Bears have been trying to trade Trubisky for weeks, and they just haven't found any suitor. And that when it comes to draft time and the draft day, whether it's late day two or day three, somewhere in there, that Trubisky is going to be given up just for any pick in this in this year's draft, whether it's fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, whatever, and then use that pick to maybe draft another quarterback to draft to draft and develop, or draft a quarterback uh, with one of the first two and uh, the first the, <laughs> the two second round picks they have. So it's I've been hearing two totally different things, and I don't know which one to believe. I don't know which one in my head I like more. Even I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, we haven't seen we haven't seen Foles uh, start Week One and be a reliable starter the whole season long. When we, when he's been at his best, he's come in in the middle of the season when things are already flowing, and he just comes in and, and, and rides the wave, right? He he hasn't been the leader since since day one yet, and it's actually worked. So from that standpoint, and get and I'm not. I'm still not ready to completely give up on Mitch for a fifth or sixth round pick. I'm not at that point, but also I, I would, I would like to see them draft a quarterback with one of those two second round picks. And if we're going to do that, we might as well move on from Mitch if it's any pick, right? So it's, it's tough. Uh, I don't know what would you, if you were Ryan Pace, Joe, if you were Ryan Pace, what would you do with the quarterback position? Would you move on from Mitch, you know, if you can find a suitor, or would you keep him as your backup for eight to nine million and draft another quarterback in the second round? What do you think is the best and safest option? See, here, here, here's what I feel like too, and like 
the tape the tape on Mitch is out there, right? So people know possibly what he's made of, and I've been hearing things too um, of, of them looking to shop him. So it's like, do do you kind of? Here's a problem: no matter what they do with Mitch, it's a negative return, right? And oh, absolutely. He's a good guy. I like him. I'm not ready to give up on him yet. But no matter what they do, whether that be just cut him, try to try to trade him on draft day or something like that, um, give him the starting job, unless Unless he turns into some type of MVP type caliber quarterback, right. which I kind of feel like he has the ability to, oddly enough, right? Like unless something like that happens, it's always going to be a negative return. So it's like, yeah, when do you just want to cut your losses? When when is the loss going to hurt less? And I would I would personally think that, yeah, if they are officially done, try to try to trade him on draft day for something. Um, but I kind of have a hard time believing too that that there wouldn't be any takers out um, for Mitch because just because maybe you know the the right pieces in Chicago weren't in place to kind of help him develop, that doesn't mean that he's a total bust yet. So I'm kind of surprised right. that some team out there wouldn't be willing to to throw Chicago a bone for him. Um, yeah, but I got I got to think you 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 hang on to Mitch until it becomes like really bad in terms of like what you'd be able to get for a return. Because again, anything is going to be at a loss at this point. So right. if it, if that means moving him on draft day, if that means playing him this year um, and then trading him away next year and then going back to Foles or something like that. But I, this is like another, oh man, this is like another Mike Glennon situation. It really is because what now we're going to give Foles all this money to sit on the bench. Right. right. Like, yeah. So the, just, just just the way that they've handled the quarterbacks um, since this regime has taken over has been so bad. Um, and I, I, I don't think Foles is the answer to that. You know, I'm not going to be running out getting a Nick Foles Bears jersey. I, I don't think that he's going to bring them over the hump any more than, than Mitch might. Um, but the way it looks like with the rest of some of their offseason moves that they've set up, it's like we were talking pre-show that, you know, they really retooled this defense and it's like, hey, look, just get us three to seven points and we're good. Right. Right. Like it almost seems at this point, if they don't even really care what the offense does because they know that their chance to win is to just be just a bunch of bull sharks on defense. Um, right. And that kind of looks like what they've tooled it to do. So I don't even know if who's under center at the start of the season, whenever that is, really makes a difference. It seems like they're really leaning in on this defense and being like, yo, win us games. And we just need right. somebody to be a game manager. And Nick Foles is a pretty expensive game manager. Yeah, he is. But uh, one thing you brought up earlier that I forgot to um, mention is that the offense with Foles and Trubisky out there, that they're two different offenses that you have to run if you're going to maximize the potential with that quarterback. And to me, the difference between the two is, yeah, Mitch can be successful given the offense that he's in. But it doesn't seem like that offense that Mitch has to be successful with is the same offense that Matt Nagy wants to run and implement. And But the RPO-style offense that Nagy wants to run is perfect for a guy like Nick Foles. That's what he's thrived in his entire career. And every time he's been outside of that system, he's been <laughs> a laughingstock, to say the least. So... Uh, you know, I think I think that's another reason why they made the move for Foles is that Nagy 
and we saw this a lot last year, you know, since we're, you know, really hyper, hyper specific on the Bears, we know that Nagy, I'm not going to say he's arrogant. He's an arrogant play caller, but he wants to run things his way. He wants to run his system because if he wanted to actually run an offense that best suited Mitch, he sh- he would have done that last year. He had plenty of opportunities to do that last year. And who knows how differently the season turns out from that. But to me, the offense that Nagy wants to run, this RPO passing attack offense, is exactly when Nick Foles you know, has excelled in his entire career. So that makes sense to me. But going back to uh, Mitch and not having any suitors, I'm also surprised. I mean, there are a lot of teams out there that kind of run this not not like run-style quarterback, I want to say, but the quarterback is outside the pocket, and his athleticism is really used. I mean, I think of Arizona. I think of uh, Baltimore. And, yeah, those guys have – those teams have their guy at quarterback. But if you're telling me that Mitch couldn't come in there and be a really good backup in those systems, of course. Like, you would think that Arizona – or Baltimore would trade a, you know, I don't know, a sixth, fifth or sixth round pick for that. Um, but also, I mean, look at the gigs out there that kind of have, you know, competitions available. You look at New England, you look at Chargers, you look at maybe even a team like Tampa Bay, who even though they have Tom Brady, Tom Brady's not going to be there forever. You know, he's going to be there for, what, two years at the max. If you could get a guy with the potential of Mitch, and not have to give up much for him, and he gets to sit behind Tom Brady, wouldn't that be perfect? I mean, to me, there's a lot of situations that make sense for Mitch, and it doesn't make sense as to why there wouldn't be any suitors if the Bears were, in fact, looking to trade Mitch. I mean, that so that makes me believe that the Bears really aren't trying to trade Mitch, and that Ryan Pace still believes that Mitch is their guy, at least for the time being. Uh, one question I have, uh, one more question I have for you is that, let's say that, uh, Mitch is given the starting job. Let's say they do have a competition. Mitch wins it. And Mitch kind of starts the season out like he did last season. And things are not looking good offensively. He looks lost. We're 0-2, 0-3. How far is his leash? Like, how far do you have to go until you say, all right, I'm done. We need to save our season. Is it 0-2? Is it 0-3? Is it 1-2? Like, what? Where, where do you draw the line for that? Now, I, I don't know when their buy is. Um, right. So, so that makes a little bit of a difference, but I don't know. I think no matter what the record is, is like by game four, you should have an idea if, okay, this is going to work, this is what we're going to do, or it's time to make a switch. Like, regardless, like, is, say they go four zero somehow, and it's like, oh, okay, he's rolling. Let's let's continue to ride this hot hand. But I got to think by like week four, regardless of what the record is at the end of that, is when you need to start evaluating. Okay, what do we need to do here? I think that's a large enough sample size, and you know you're already back into the swing of the NFL season. You're back into right. the routine. I think by again week four is is when you need to make that evaluation of. of is do we do we run with Mitch or is it time to put Foles in? You know, is it could because we've seen that we've seen that with Tennessee where you know Mariota is struggling, they throw in Tannehill, boom, they make it to the AFC Championship game, right? So even if they were to go 0 and 4, it's not a lost season if they decide to make that switch or if they don't. Um, and again, I don't know off the top of my head when their buy is, um, but I would think that that would make a play into it. But I don't know, week four, 
week four, week five, in my opinion, is really that time frame that something, a decision like yeah. that should Makes be sense. being made. Be yeah. Being made. Yeah. And, sure. We'll go know, with that. I, yeah. Yeah. We'll go with it. Um, I'm not sure when their bye week is. I don't think it's uh, even released yet. I mean, I don't think next year's schedule is, uh, has been released yet, but that will be a good tell as to when a decision could possibly be made. Uh, and, like, a, uh, another another name, too, that, like, I'm surprised throughout all of this that was never getting thrown around by any team. And it, it, to me, it's clear that his time in, in Miami is over, but Josh Rosen, how come his yeah. name is not? around during any of this because even if the bears would have taken a swing at rosen right like he still has something to prove if you're confident he has the opportunity to become franchise right and you go right. along with him but i don't know if it, it makes you wonder what a market would be like for mitch if again it appears that no phone calls are even being made about josh rosen josh rosen even though i think most people realize his time in Miami is probably done. Again, people have Tua going there, or, yeah. or Justin Herbert, all kinds of you know crazy different draft prep that people are, are doing, which is obviously. All- Joe. Oh shit. You loop. Hello. Hello. You loop. Yep. <laughs> Lost you there. Uh oh. Is it me or you? Uh, uh I, I don't know. I mean I, I didn't hear I just didn't hear you. You were going and oh. it suddenly it just stopped. Oh. All right. We're here. Well there we there we go, <laughs> folks. Good old fashioned pirate radio here. That's right. Gonna run into problems. But yeah, no, so I don't did you hear that then? Me saying like it makes me nervous that if there was really no market for Rosen that I don't think then there's really a market for Mitch. Granted, yeah. we haven't seen a ton from Rosen, so he's still largely an unknown, but at least you know to a certain degree so far with what you get with Mitch. Right. Um, so that, that, that kind of makes me nervous, and I'm, I'm surprised nobody ever uh, phoned the Dolphins on that one. It seems weird that he seems to be staying in place. Now, here, here's a wild scenario. You ready for this one that I just yeah. thought of in the old dome? Yep. Say the Bears decide to move on from Trubisky. Dude, imagine if New England brings him in. Yeah, that's scary to me. <laughs> Granted, it seems like right now it kind of seems like Stidham's their guy, but you never know what that team's doing, right? Like Belichick yeah, is always no a step ahead. He's always a step ahead. Like Belichick will get rid of players at, like towards the end of their prime when they're still serviceable, but they're still valuable value for them, and they can move on. Like Bill's right. always one step ahead of everybody right. else in terms of how he approaches players and, you know, and stuff like that, kind of the sport business side of things. So that would be wild as shit. They send him to New England for like a fifth round pick. They groom him and then boom, Mitch's career is resurrected and he's holding up a Lombardi. Dude, you don't right. know, you don't know how bad that would hurt. Uh, like I, I love, I, I love Bill. Like, even though Tom's not there anymore, like I, I, I just love, I, I don't know. I'm New England's still my second favorite team, regardless. Like, I just like their approach to things. They just win. Um, that would but that kill would, me. That would hurt so bad. That Mitch would kill me. And, and he's raising up that stupid silver football. That would fucking kill me. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't know what to do. Because we would be stuck with Nick Foles. It would be 6-10. and 10. 
and he'd be gone after two years, and we'd be stuck with who the fuck knows, right? Like, uh, and, and like, no. and again, that's one of those things where I'd be like happy as shit, but I'd be like deep in my own thoughts at the same time. Exactly. Uh, oh, and I so, was wrong. Tyler Bray went to Tennessee, not Tennessee. Indiana. Yeah. Yep. Tennessee. Very forgettable uh, so, school. Very. Uh, so the Bears made some other big moves. Yep. Um, do you want to go positively or negatively? Well, we, eh, it, it wasn't total negative, but we just talked about Nick Foles, so we'll we'll brighten things up a little bit. Uh, surprise move, I think, kind of really for the both of us, is talking pre-show that I didn't expect coming. But they signed Robert Quinn. Yeah, Pastor, that was on the edge. I right. didn't see that coming, but they just threw five years, 70 mil at him. And again, like we were talking pre-show, it seems that the way they've tooled this team this offseason is they eh, – all right, this – they clearly don't care about offense. Now, that was that was bad, but I didn't know how else to word that. But it's like – like it seems like they're leaning on the defense so much, it's like, cool, offense, just get us a few points and we'll be good. Just some of the pieces they've added, the way they've retooled it, obviously – Getting somebody like Robert Quinn to help Khalil Mack, right. to help Akeem, to help Eddie Goldman. Like, that defensive line is terrifying, right? Oh, absolutely. It's going to be a nightmare for anybody because what do you do? You double Mack? That ain't going to work. Do you double Quinn? Nope. you double Hicks? Nope. So right. it's an awesome spot for this defense to be in that they're just going to wreak havoc. But it's it, adding him and – Excuse me, some of the people that they added on the back end, too, like uh, Artie Burns and stuff like that, to replace yep. uh, Prince Mukamara and bringing back Deion Bush. It's like they're really ready for this team to be defense-based. You know oh, what I'm absolutely. saying? Like, defense first, and hopefully we can do something. And right. it's interesting. So that was a huge get. Uh, you know, Robert Quinn is a ton of money, uh, still, still in the midst of his prime. A lot of people have been leaving Dallas. That's kind of wild to me, too. Yeah, um, that's kind of telling. Yeah. During a lot of this. So hopefully he'll be happier here in Chicago and it works out. Because, again, it's like a four-headed monster at this point. Like, yeah. anybody on the defensive line is com- going to come in and ruin your day. And that's right. an awesome problem to have. Exactly. And I and I, I love I love this move. And I think going along with the Nick Foles move, these moves scream that Ryan Pace is saying, these are win now. Like, we are winning now. We have a great defense now, and we need to win now because this is not going to last very long. I mean, we saw what happened if we don't continue to add last season. We need to continue to add on the defense, especially the defensive line. And I'm just, I'm not, I've always been kind of hot and cold with Ryan Pace. I think, like, every Bears fan has. But to me, him letting go of Leonard Floyd, realizing that, yeah, Leonard's a good player. You know, maybe I traded up for him and I overdrafted him. Maybe, yeah, that's true. But he's still a good player. So the fact that he was able to, you know, swallow his pride there and say, 13 million is just not, it's not good enough for an edge rusher who can't attack the quarterback, who can't, unless they're playing Green Bay. Um, so right. I mean I I, I want to give Ryan Pace a shit ton of credit for swallowing his pride, own, owning up, and saying, "Yeah, I made a mistake here," and then he wouldn't address it um, by signing Robert Quinn because he needed another edge rusher 
on the opposite side of Khalil Mack. He realized that because Leonard Floyd just simply could not get that done. And if you're going to be paying $13 million for an outside linebacker defensive end, he needs to attack the quarterback. He needs to put pressure on the quarterback. That's the most important thing, really, in all of football. If you don't have a great quarterback, you got to get to the quarterback on the other side. So to me, I love this move. It's a lot of money for a guy who's already 30 years, 30 years old. But um, he has been able to stay healthy the past couple of years. And I mean, going back to his time in St. Louis and Los Angeles, and then he wasn't very productive in Miami. But given the fact that in Miami, he played outside linebacker and he was the number one uh, pass rusher. Like he got all the attention from the offensive line. And so given the fact that those were his quote unquote bad years when he was the guy that offenses that offenses looked to stop. Uh he he's been great as the number two option. That's gonna be perfect for him here. I really hope they don't play him out of position and I really hope he stays healthy. If those two things happen, oh my gosh, this Bears defense could take it could take another step forward. I mean it took a slight step back, but it could take five steps forward this next season. I mean I'm I'm so excited to watch. I just really hope that Hicks, Mac, and Quinn are able to stay healthy. Because if they do, fuck, it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback, like you said. I mean, yep. if we score 10 points, we're going to be back to where we were. So it's a lot of ifs, but it's only $30 million guaranteed. And it's a big, big, big round of applause to Ryan Pace for that move. I I think it's one of my favorite moves any team has made this offseason. I mean, really. I mean, I think it's that I think it's that great. And not only is it great, but it just, like you said, it, it shocked me. It absolutely shocked me yeah. when I saw that, you know, it, that it happened simultaneously, that they let they got rid of Floyd and they brought in Quinn just about the same time. I mean, it just, it shocked me. I mean, I did not see this coming. Uh, I did not see them spending this much money on any position, you know, especially a defensive end. So very happy uh, about that move. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I just love that the win now attitude that I'm getting from a lot of these moves that he's made this off season. And that's why, that's why going back to Mitch, I don't really sure if, it, if he even is given a leash because it's win now it's win now it's right now or nothing. It seems like so. Um, but like, like, so we both love that move. But let's go to uh, a different move that they made. I think the night before. Uh, <sighs> I don't even. I don't even like talking about this because it just kind of makes me sad uh, and frustrated. Um, but they signed thirty-three-year-old tight end Jimmy Graham from Green Bay to a two-year, like, sixteen million dollar deal. Like. Uh... I swear, it's just to, like, steal Green Bay's playbook. Like, yo, give us some inside, like, inside trading stuff, right? Because other Maybe. outside of something stupid like that, it doesn't make sense. He hasn't been Jimmy Graham in a long time, right? Like A we, long we, time. Like, when he was in New Orleans still, we're like, oh, damn, this dude's going to be, you know, he was kind of giving Gronk a run for his money there for right. a little bit. Yeah. And he, he just hasn't been the same to throw so much money at him, $9 million guaranteed, and a no-trade clause, right, on from his camp. 
So right. that was a dumb move for the Bears where he could basically be like, mm, nope, I'd like to collect my paycheck. Thank you. Um, right. Yeah, you bring in an aging tight end. Uh, pace, pace, they need to like bring in a different person strictly to handle tight end business. Right? Very because true. Yes. We, you know, after Philly had won the Super Bowl, they bring in Trey Burton. He's had injury problems here and there, but he was never really what we thought he was going to be. So no. then they, you know, he gets hurt. So then they're shuffling through various, you know, guys on rookie contracts, stuff like that. Ben Broniker, um, Zach Miller there for a little bit before, you right. know, before all that stuff happened to him. So it's like they, they need a different tight end talent evaluation department because there, you know how many, you know how many tight ends that the Bears have under contract for the 2020 season, the most in the NFL? Nine. They have nine, nine. tight ends under contract. Explain to me how that makes any sense. I don't know. At the most, maybe carry like three, right? Depending on right. how, depending on what kind of packages you're looking to run, if you're looking to have these guys, you know, pass block or run block or actually, you know, go out and, and run routes. Like the most you should have is like, all right, I'll, I'll give you four. Okay. I'll, I'll bump it up to four, but nine is asinine. So I, I don't understand this move. It doesn't make the offense better. Yeah. No, it I, 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 I guess maybe you're bringing in some wisdom. I, I don't even know, but like Jimmy Graham. And again, you hate to say it because I, I think for the most part, he's a nice guy. He was yep. fun to watch in his prime. But that's since passed him like a decade ago. Yeah. And the thing that, you know, looking back at Jimmy Graham's career, like you said, he hasn't been good for a long time. And look at the fucking quarterbacks this guy's played with. Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers. And he's going to Trubisky or Nick Foles. Uh, If he's already not performing with those level of quarterbacks, what makes you think he's going to be any any better here? Like, he's not getting younger. It's not like he's getting more athletic. He's basically just a giant body who you can throw a football to. I mean, I guess I guess that's value. That's a valuable asset to have in a tight end. I mean, since we, I guess we don't have a guy like that, I guess. But given that we're already paying eight guys and we're already paying Trey Burton like he's one of the most talented tight ends in the league. You know, he's getting eight million a year. And then you're going to throw eight million a year at another tight end. It just, it doesn't make sense to me. And I'm not, I'm not. I'm not opposed to Jimmy Graham. Like, if you're going to tell me the Bears signed Jimmy Graham, I'd have been like, okay, okay, fine. You know, it's probably, what, one year, $3 million? And not only is it that contract, but it's also probably late July or some shit, right? Because nobody wants him. But given the fact that it's like day one of free agency, yep. and you make him one of the, not, I guess not one of the highest, but like Austin Hooper got $11 million a year. Like, Which and he's I'm, the highest we- paid tight end. Like, and, and you're giving Jimmy Graham only three million less than that. Like, it's what on earth are we doing here? Like, I, I'm glad that the Bears didn't overpay for uh, Austin Hooper because I that was definitely a possibility, which to a certain degree I could have lived with, right? But yeah, yeah, for this to be your like day one, the whole legal tampering period thing is so dumb because free agency may as well start then because that's when a lot of stuff was like popping off and stuff like right. that. Um, but yeah, for that to be your first big splash, uh, what he's good for a couple rub routes at like the two yard line, and you hope right. they don't get a flag thrown on him, right. right? Like that's what you're paying him nine million a year for is right. like inside the ten scenarios where again you can utilize his big body and hopefully not get a penalty called on you. Like it's stupid. It. It's it's dumb. Right. So again, I hate 
like that's the weirdest thing. Like I hate like trashing on people, right? Because again, for the most part, I think Jimmy Jimmy Graham is probably yeah. a decent yeah. guy. I think it's a good. He guy. went to yeah. the U, so who knows though? Maybe you know whatever. Maybe. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it, it it's crazy. It's wild, right? Like, all right, this might be saying this this could be a hot take here. But I almost would have rather had Greg Olson or Jason Witten than Jimmy Graham. Yes. Yes. No. Uh, okay. Maybe not right? Jason Witten. Like, maybe maybe not Jason Witten. <laughs> but that's true. Greg Olson. Yeah. I mean, he got seven million a year. I mean, I mean, and that was a one-year contract. Like, to me, they're kind of in similar stages in their career. I mean, Jimmy Graham's taller, maybe more athletic, but Greg Olson, like. He knows how to get open. Like he knows where to go and like the creases in a defense to be open. Like that's so valuable. I don't know if Jimmy Graham has that because he's only, he hasn't when he's been at his best is because he's more athletic than everybody. Like, yep. and Greg Olson was never that way in a way like Jason Witten, where he's just, it's not like he's not, it's not like he's unathletic, but look, given that, Look, if you're going to look at other tight ends in the league, like Travis Kelsey or, or Gronk when he was playing, or Jimmy or the prime Jimmy Graham, these guys are way more athletic than Greg Olson or Jason Wynn ever was, but yeah. yet not as productive. So it's like those guys are going to be able to last longer, and that would have been smarter. That would have been a smarter move to make for a young quarterback like Mitch. It just it doesn't it doesn't make sense. I'm not. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't get it. I really can't understand it. I, I just, I don't know. I really, like I, it's been over a week and I still don't know why they did it. I don't know. Like, I, I would have never believed that um, Witten would have left Dallas. But here, I'll say it. I'll say it here on the pod. It's on record for us and our 12 friends who listen. Thanks, guys. I right. guarantee. Um, how the hell did I just forget his name? Jason Witten. Will have a better statistical season than Jimmy Graham. Oh, and that's given the fact that he's behind Darren Waller. Yep. I mean, yeah. Fuck it. I'm with you. Yeah. I would. Right. I'm like. With you. Like uh, that. That's not like, and that could be. That's like a mild take, right? Where it's right. like a mild sauce, a little, little burn on the tip of your tongue, but it's still right. enjoyable. Right. But it's also not that far fetched. Like. It, it you know, doesn't make any sense at this point in time. And again, you got you got this whole. I mean, even even going back to drafting tight ends, um, Adam Sheen, um, oh, yeah, the Ashland God. kid. He was supposed to be Baby Gronk. Everyone was dubbing him. You know, and he this was this freak fucking athlete. Sucks. Yeah, and he never panned out. So the the Bears need their own tight end division. They need to hire somebody to be like a tight end consultant. And that's their only responsibility because it's clearly been proven at this point in time that this front office really somehow can't figure out the tight end position, whether that be trying to draft them and broken promises or doing stupid shit like this where we're bringing in guys, we're overpaying them, and we're, we're, we're inflating the market because these guys are not worth what they're getting. Right. It doesn't, doesn't make any sense. But you know what? We're talking all this shit about Jimmy Graham, and rightfully so. But you know what's actually hilarious is that if I wouldn't be shocked, actually, I'm I'm going to expect that at the end of the next season, we're going to look at Jimmy Graham's stats, and then we're going to compare that to the tight end stats from last season, and Jimmy Graham's going to be better than anything we had last season. 
Like so. Well, yeah. Yeah, because it was our, the tight end room is, is atrocious. So I guess really anything is going to be an upgrade. I guess at this point, given how just how bad it was last year, you know, I don't think we had any tight end total for over a hundred yards the whole season. I mean, yeah, and, so. and that's that's just that's shitty. So I mean, I I get I get adding and having to add to the tight end room. It's just that much money for that guy. Just it it doesn't it doesn't line up when 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 the Bears are already in a tight cap situation. Yep. And you're gonna throw that much money at that guy? Ah, it just ah, it it rubbed me the wrong way. It just it really. And did. again, here's here's like a dumb here's a dumb gauge in my brain of like how like okay, free agency signing good or not? No one's running out to go buy a Jimmy Graham jersey. No, nobody. I would give if I'm on the street and I see somebody in a Chicago Bears Jimmy Graham jersey, I will give them a hundred bucks. <laughs> I will I will stop this stranger and say, "Hey, stranger, here's my money." Because <laughs> nobody, nobody is buying a Jimmy Graham Bears jersey. Nobody. Even chi- even the China ones for thirty bucks that I have a bunch of that now seemingly kind of wasted a little bit of money on a Trubisky one, but that's fine. I'll I'll ride that. I'll die on that hill. But um, right. Yeah. So it, it's just stupid, right? It's just dumb. Nick Foles, Jimmy. Gr- All right, I take that back. People will buy Nick Foles jerseys based only on like the comedic factor of it. Right. <laughs> right, because it's like big dick, Nick, dude. Yeah, it was, I was the funniest say, thing. Those are probably more jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're 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 gonna digress here real quick, but. It was hysterical. So after that uh, signing went down, I was like out or whatever. So I was in my car. So I turned to ESPN 1000 and hearing those guys dance around trying to say big dick Nick was one of the funniest (laughs) things ever for like two hours. They kept like implying his like nickname and like trying to make jokes, but they were just tiptoeing around it and not actually saying it. And it was the funniest thing. Like, just just say it. It's just a ha ha. Like, I get your ESPN, your suit and tie, but like, just say it. It's funny. It's not a bad thing. You think Nick Foles was running around? Hey, don't say that. Oh, right. bro. Nobody in the history of anybody's ever going to complain about that. So it's right, like, exactly. no, that was that, that was so funny hearing like all these like big J journal guys like dance around his nickname and being like BDN and like, whoa, he's got a phallus. Like all this stupid shit. It's like, just say it, man. Big just dick say. Nick. There you go. Boom. Like just ripping say. off a band-aid. But yeah, uh, that, that was my little... We we got off track there for a second, that's but that was funny, and it, you know, somewhat relevant. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's fucking hilarious. Uh, all right, let's go. Let's 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 uh, let's go back to a little bit before free agency started with their first uh, transaction, their first move. Uh, they bring back Danny Trevathan, a three-year, yep. twenty-one million dollar deal to you know bring to still be that middle linebacker. Uh, in this defense, and uh, and then of course we find out a few days later that uh, Nick Kwiatkowski goes to Las Vegas and he gets his money. Good for him. Uh, so, yeah. but give it back. So this move was made on March 12th. If you're Brian Pace on March 11th, would you have done what um, he did and bring Trevathan and let go of Kwiatkowski? Uh, here's the thing. I think so. Right? Like. 
Witowski became a fan favorite when Trevathan's arm got bent backwards, unfortunately, and he had to, you yeah. know, miss games last season. Witowski stepped in, became a fan favorite, and he works his ass off. He's just a hard-nosed, just linebacker. Like, he's perfect yep. for Chicago, right? Yeah, he is, but yep. Trevathan, in my, like, he's still kind of the heartbeat of that team, right? Yeah, so he is. It, it's more of a commitment to, like, kind of keeping the same energy and atmosphere together by bringing, in, bringing back Trevathan as opposed to, to bringing back Witowski. Because everybody knew that they weren't going to be able to afford both. And again, right. yeah. happy ha- happy for Witowski. Like, go get your money, man. Like, it sucks to see you leave, but thanks for your, you know, thanks for your service, as they say. Right. Eh, that was a little much. Eh, whatever. But anyways, yeah, so bringing in Trevathan, again, he, he's, he's getting the veteran money. It's 14 guaranteed. He, right. he knows how to win. He's a winner. He's a hard-nosed vocal leader. So... Even though he's aging, I don't. I don't have a problem with that because, like, that's kind of like a morale signing. Like, that's one of those ones where you make a sacrifice for the betterment of the team, even right. though if maybe on paper and and you know just logistically it might not make the most sense. So right. you know, I've I have no problem with it. I'm I'm glad old fifty nine came back. Yeah, me too. Me too. I mean, they they I think they're getting roughly the same per year, right? Uh, so I mean, I think given that. I think it's good. And not only, and the thing that um, doesn't usually get mentioned in all this, when you let Kwiatkowski walk and you let him get a deal like that in free agency, you know, the Bears are going to get a c- compensatory pick back, you know, next season because of that. So, I mean, whether that's a fourth or fifth round pick, you know, whatever, you know, that's that's an added bonus to let to when you draft and develop guys. And this is what New England has done for the past 20 fucking years. They draft and develop guys and they let them go and they get the compensatory picks back. The Bears just got their first ever comp- compensatory pick this year, right? And you see, they already used it to go get Nick Foles. So it's like, yeah. you know, that's a that's an unintended benefit, I guess, to it too. But like you said, Trevathan is, you know, he doesn't get the recognition or I don't want to say recognition, but the publicity of guys like Roquan or Khalil Mack or Akeem Hicks or Eddie Jackson or Kyle Fuller. But he's the heart and soul of that team. You know, I don't it kind of reminds me of um, like Luol Dang, if we're talking bowls, right? Or it's like doesn't say a whole lot, but man, he does all the dirty work and every guy on that team respects the living hell out of him. Yeah, definitely like a lead by example type guy. Yeah. Like he's a guy you like to have around, right? Like in for a little bit there, and uh, you know I understand it's different, but even Trevathan when he was in Denver to kind of even learn a little bit, yes. little bit from Manning, right? So like you got to think something like that helped, and and then having a guy like Chuck Pagano too. So like I don't know, I kind of feel like Trevathan with Pagano and the, like it's kind of a match made in heaven. Again, that's definitely like a morale type signing. Absolutely. So I mean, I think you know. I don't feel great about it, but I'm not mad about it. I'm just kind of like, yeah. okay, good. You know, that's a, that's a B, you know, I've had to give it a grade. It's like a B. It's like, you know, good, you know, good. All right. You know, yep. can't complain about it. Like, um, like, so, like for once it was a team like doing right by the player, right? Like, you yeah, know, both exactly. sides like felt good about what happened. Right. It's like, you know, right. thank, thank you. We're obviously showing you right. respect. You're still so, um, yeah, I, right. I, th- I think there was a move where both both parties at the end of the day walked away from from the from Hallis Hall smiling. Absolutely, and that and that's really all the big moves the Bears have made. They've made a lot of one year deals. Obviously, I mean, after all the moves that we already talked about, they're really low on cap. I mean, right now, 
out of the 32 teams in the NFL, they're number 31 in cap space. They have 1.6 million left. So they've been doing a lot of small one-year deals, like proof-it deals with a lot of guys. So yep. let's see, they, they started with bringing back Dion Bush um, to maybe be that strong safety position after HaHa Clinton Dix went to Dallas. They signed a one-year deal with um, Artie Burns, who was a first-round pick five years ago, or five or six years ago from Pittsburgh. Yeah, one-year deal with safety Jordan Lucas from Kansas City, who, you know, never really played uh, on the defense a whole lot. But I guess a guy who, you know, can come in and play special teams at the very least and provide competition for either a guy like Bush or if you draft someone, you know, just some added competition from a a guy who was just on a Super Bowl-winning team last year. They brought back DeAndre Houston Carson, who... Um, plays safety, but mainly a special teams guy, you know, his entire time here in Chicago. Uh, they finally addressed the offensive line position uh, yesterday, uh, which I was surprised that it took that long for them to do. And I'm really surprised that they got this guy in a one-year deal, Jermaine Effetti from Seattle. I mean, he, I mean, I get it. He was a first-round pick five years ago and hasn't been a first-round, <laughs> he hasn't played like a first-round pick, but he's been solid. I mean, he plays all around the line. I mean, I think that on a one-year deal, I think that's a really good value given that the Bears Bears need help at a lot of positions on the offensive line. So uh, out of all these one-year deals, is there one that really stands out to you the most and you're like, yeah, th- this this one-year deal, this is what the Bears needed? Obviously, like replacing Amukamara, you know, out in that backfield, like Artie Burns is big. He's definitely been serviceable during his time in Pittsburgh. But I right. think you gotta you, you gotta give it up to the uh, Effetti signing, right? Because it's yeah. it's addressing an issue. He's not gonna blow your socks off, but he's very serviceable. You can move him around. I'll be honest with you, I'm not a fan of Cody Whitehair at center. I haven't that's, been either. Yeah, that's just me. I've heard that like they plan on keeping him there. Not not that like Effetti could, but at that point, if you move, depending on how you move pieces around, if you move James Daniels back to center so there's there'd be some wacky things going on but no i like it because at least it's a commitment to to something that's been an issue obviously you know when kyle long was healthy which unfortunately was few and far between he was good but now that he's you know officially retired and just living his life it's huge to bring in another veteran and and somebody who for the most part you're going to be able to plug in right away right i don't think that there's really going to be any kind of complex things he's been around for a long time and so it's huge, right? Hopefully, it's a little bit of mentor. Hopefully, you can maybe hopefully help Bobby Massey too, because uh, that's been horrible. Yeah, um, I mean, and as and, bad as oh, Massey's Charles, been, Leno's been even worse. Yeah, yeah that's all right. That that's who I meant. I couldn't Charles Leno. Yeah, so hopefully he come in, maybe push him aside. Probably not, because it's just a one year deal. But who the hell knows? Right. But. Because I, I got into a little Twitter scuffle about the Bears' offensive line a few days ago. They've just been so bad. So any any addition helps, right? So I, oh, I think absolutely. that kind of definitely is something where it's like, okay, like we, we see our problems. We'll try to adjust accordingly. Obviously, doing it within confines of salary caps and stuff like that is hard. But at least it shows that this front office is seeing seeing the flaws and not just being blind to it, right? like right. some other franchises and stuff like that. So I think that's one of the best underrated signings in terms of like the one-year deals that had been given out by the Bears was, was bringing someone like that. And I'll be honest with you, I'm surprised he was available, first of yeah, all. Yeah, me too. 
and number two, he'd be willing to do like a one-year deal. I'm surprised that he wouldn't have gone to somebody unless offers just weren't on the table for him. That's something we don't really know. But that right. that was a huge get, and and hopefully that can not only shore up quarterback play, regardless of who's behind center. Hopefully that means they can run the ball better, right? Yeah. Because they didn't do that at all last year, and that's what they were supposed to do. So hopefully. This is just sort of a Band-Aid over, a, over the scratch, right? Like, it's, right. Not, it's not long-term, but let's see how this works. And then at that point, to a certain degree, see how he plays, and then you can evaluate. If you want to re-sign him, cut somebody else, and kind of really help figure, figure this out. But who knows? Maybe they're not done. Um, everything kind of seems to be slowing down, but unless something crazy happens, you know... Yeah, I, I got. I got to think that this is kind of it. So I, I don't hate it. They were able to snag one offensive lineman, and then you know, obviously looking to the draft, see what's going to be available there. I don't. I don't hate it. I would like to see them add another offensive lineman. You know, one more just to add some security. I think that might happen after the draft if it does. Just, just so, just so, just, just in case the Bears don't get the offensive lineman that they're targeting, whether that's in the second round or later in the draft, um, because there, there still is a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, Charles Leno's making a lot of money, uh, so I don't think you're going to get in. You're not going to get a guy to really replace him right away, but I would like to be, I would like there to be a, a good backup option in case he's actually as bad as he was last year, um, because I don't, I like Fetty. I really do. I don't like him at left tackle. Like he, he hasn't played left tackle before. So, but given the fact that you can put him at any guard, or he's played right tackle a lot too. So, given the fact that he can move around and he's shown the ability to stay healthy and contribute, I really do like that one too. But I, I don't. I would like one more, a guy who can play either tackle position because they have guys who can play guard. I mean, Rashad Coward played all right. Last year, I guess, and you know they have Alex Bars in the practice squad, which you hear all this hype about. And you know, uh, shit, who was the offensive line coach last year? I can't remember his name. Oh, shit, what was his name? From Notre Dame. Uh, yeah. What the hell? Uh, uh, shit, what was his name? John a blank. Yeah, I know who you're talking about too, man. Damn, right, because he was just like an offensive line machine at Notre Dame. Exactly, and and he loved Alex Bars, and like Alex Bars is like this like guard who's going to be really good, and so you know I I don't know I would like another guy who can play either tackle position. I'm not sure when that'll happen if that's a draft or another guy, but yeah, uh, Barkevius Mingo is really yeah. interesting. Uh, he yeah, was another he was another first round pick uh, who has kind of bounced around. I think he went from Cleveland to Houston to Seattle, and now he's with Chicago, and he was just a first-round pick uh, probably the same year that he was five five years ago probably. So to me, it's a guy who has worked with Chuck Pagano, so that that gives me some hope that, you know, Pagano has seen something in him before, you know, working with him before. You know, maybe at, at the very least he's just a, a guy who can – attack the pass rusher on third down, you know, at the very least. So, I mean, I, a lot of these guys are just, you know, they've had talent before. Maybe just a change of scenery is all they need, you know, uh, whether that's Lucas, Burns, uh, Mingo, or Fetty. A lot of these guys were talented and highly regarded at one point. So it's it, – none, none, none of these guys are going to be 
the difference maker in the Bears making the playoffs or not, right? But they help they help the overall roster and they give the team they give them security, right, going into the draft because this way, if you have guys who could at least be serviceable serviceable backups or you know fill in starters from time to time. That way, you don't have to overdraft a guy for a position of need in the draft. So right now, going into the draft, it's like, well, what are their needs? You know, wide receiver, tight end. There's a lot of there's a lot of them, but they're able to go really best position available, best guy available. So, so I mean, I think that's all you can really ask for. You know? Yeah. And uh, the offensive line coach is uh, Juan Castillo. But who, who? No. Who? Who is? Who is last year's? Because they oh. they fired they fired him. Oh yeah, I uh, forgot he was new because they were that was like the big, yeah, big uh, thing. Who? What was his name? Because uh, he was also the offensive line coach for the Bears back on the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm just gonna assume Brad Childress's son is a coaching assistant. Did you know that? Kyle Brad Childress? Childress's son? I did not know that. No. Yeah, I'm. I'm just assuming he kind of looks like him, and they have the same last name. But I could be totally off. But I'm just gonna assume that it's his son, because again, football, it's it's all about who you know. Probably. I mean, There's what a... Childress is still like a senior analyst or whatever in Chicago, right? Uh... I think he still is. Well, because well, it just says coaching assistant, um, but huh. I don't think so anymore. <sighs> No. Okay. No. And uh, he's... Harry Heastan. That's ah, yep. that's the guy. That's the wizard. Hmm. Dude, they also have a woman on staff. That's cool. I don't Do get they? what this. Yeah, I don't know what this means though. Executive assistant to the head coach. What does that mean? I don't know. Executive assistant to the head coach. Really? Yeah, I don't get what that means. I mean, because they're like under a tab coaching administration. So I don't know if the, this means like these are more of like front office people or if these are actual. Yeah, that sounds more like a personal assistant type thing. More like off the sideline, you know. Because like but they have like I don't know coaching staff with all like the goofy, you know, titles and stuff like that, bro. I should become a pass game coordinator. <laughs> nobody, nobody runs the air raid like I do. All right, all <laughs> right. We're really getting into the mud here, to the weeds. All right, Joe. <laughs> Dude, you know what's been unbelievable? All right, this. All right, whatever. We've already, I've already gone off the rails so far. So what's one more time? But no, you know what's unbelievable? Is like huh. during all this quarantine, uh, Barstool Big Cat. And it, this has nothing, oh, because everyone's always like, oh, it's Barstool. So you look. No, that's not true. It's just the fact that this is funny. So he <laughs> he bought an Xbox 360 and then like bought like all the old NCAA games and stuff like that because he's obviously in New York and that's where like shit's really popping off. So like it's right. an actual quarantine for them. But dude, so he did a dynasty mode and he made this coach, Gus Duggerton. Yeah. And he was offensive coordinator at Toledo. He, like, won him a MAC championship. And he's, like, you know, like, updating everybody about this. 
but he got hired as the assistant, like this imaginary character got hired as OC at Florida State and the actual Toledo football program, like made like a full page tweet, like thanking coach Gus Duggerton. Like it's the funniest <laughs> shit, dude. Like it's unbelievable. Like say what you want, like about Barstool and stuff like that. But like their reach is wild where they have actual, like the real legit Toledo football account tweeting out like, thank you, coach Duggerton, like best of luck, <laughs> like doing these photoshops, like, and then like, after he was hired, this character was hired as offensive coordinator of Florida State. Big Cat, the actual person, then got followed by the actual offensive coordinator at Florida State because he thought, like, Footsteps was coming for his job. But it's like, no, this is a made-up person. <laughs> like, dude, it's the most unbelievable, like, uh, sequence of, like, series of events. It's so funny, man. That's hilarious. So, like, it's that's bad. Now, now I'm, like, deep back in NCAA 14, but... Oh, that's true. I'm about, I'm about, I'm gonna have to hop on and see play thirteenth and play. God, dude, <laughs> it's the weirdest thing though going from Madden to that because while the controls are the same, they're different. Like all of like the pre-snap stuff, like you're you know controlling your like protection, changing like hot route, like it's all different. So like that's real screwy to get used to. But for the most part, it's obviously the same thing. It's right. just kind of old. Oh, yeah. all right, Joe. Um, well, we went through all the transactions. I mean, uh, yeah. So and- I guess one one last question I have: this overall free agency a grade? What would you give it? Now, should this be strictly on the people they brought in, or a combination of people that they let walk and people they brought in? You get what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, combination. Yeah. All right. So if we're gonna go with the combo. I mean, they pass. They get like a, they get like a C plus, B minus. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Right, and like a lot, and in my opinion, a lot of that really kind of comes from the Robert Quinn signing. Yeah, yeah. For like real. obviously, like Drayton. You know, yep. But that's really a big portion of their grade. If you if you remove Quinn and Trevathan from the equation, right? So like, let's say. That both you know neither of those players are on the team. Both Trevathan and uh, Witowski walk. Quinn stays in Dallas. Whatever. If we're going just based off of Artie Burns, Deion Bush, Nick Foles, and Jimmy Graham, I would give them a D minus. Yeah, that would be really bad. <laughs> so it's like yeah. those two, like so those two players make a difference. But again, they they they're still passing. Yeah, yeah. I think it's you know I think given what they the cards they had dealt and the you know. They, their hands are kind of strung this whole offseason. So, I mean, given that, I think, yeah, they've done pretty well, I guess, you know, given expectations. I mean, like, I was going to give them a B minus. I mean, just kind of not a little, a little bit below average, if you want to say, if you want to say a B is average, just a tick below, just a tick below. <laughs> All right, never mind. I had a really funny joke, but I'm not going to say it because I feel like we've already, I've already said too much. All right. But, <laughs> but no, here's another fun fact that, that we can leave you with. Tyler Bray is part of the, oh boy. He's a Native American. I'll just say oh, that. He's okay. Part of, he's part of like a, the like official tribe. Um, Interesting. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a shot here. 
I don't think we're really having many Native American listeners. Uh, but if we do, I might piss him off a little bit here. Right. He's from the Potawatomi Nation. Potawatomi? Potawatomi. Yeah, Potawatomi. It's part of like, yeah. kind of like the Algonquins. So that was a fun fact. While Googling and looking where Tyler Bray played college football, I then found out he's Native American. Well, good for Tyler Bray. Which is really weird because he's from California, and like, not to say that that means anything, but this 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 like tribe nation, they're like headquarters are where like it's mostly in like kind of like the what like Oklahoma. They're based in Oklahoma. So how the, the hell? tribe the tribe headquarters? <laughs> well, dude, I mean they're like their own official government though. So like I don't I don't know what else you would call that like. And yeah, dude, it says know. right here, the citizen Potawatomi Nation is headquartered in Shawnee, Oklahoma. So see that that was right. I I didn't do. It just sounds weird. <laughs> that right. oh man, there's all right. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna just stop while I'm ahead. We'll, we'll right. leave it at that. So that was your fun fact of the day, bro. Bears That's undefeated because we have a Native American on our tribe. Uh, oh, yeah. How many? How many Native Americans do you have on your tribe, uh, Detroit? None. Right. right. What about uh, you? Right. Exactly. None. I guess Washington has 53. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but we don't say that word no more. The R right. words. Right. <laughs> All right, uh, Joe. Well, I think that just about wraps uh, everything up, I think. Yeah, well, definitely. Because um, we've obviously got kind of gone long a little here, but definitely – in the future, hopefully, we can kind of have an entire uh, free agency roundup, all the crazy stuff, yeah. not just pretending with the Bears. Who, you know, who, what free agent signing we think is going to have the biggest impact? Who wins the Super Bowl first, Tom Brady without Bill or Bill without Tom? Exactly. All that fun stuff. We we'll can talk about all of it. Episode. Absolutely. So, Joe, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get that out soon. We'll get that out real soon because a lot of shit happened. Like you said, a lot of shit happened. Uh, Tom Brady left. I don't, you know, let's not even get into it. Let's let's just leave it there. Uh, so, again, uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, I know we haven't put out a lot of content here lately. And I'm not sure how much content we're going to be able to put out here in the future with nothing going on in sports. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a difficult yeah. thing, right? When there's nothing yeah. going on, there's nothing to talk about. But who knows? Maybe we can workshop something. Um, we'll figure it out. Again, if, I don't know what kind of feedback we can get. If anybody has some kind of suggestions of of some kind of content that they would like to hear, haha, right. not see, get it because it's a podcast. But um, <laughs> right. so yeah, we'll we'll figure something out here. That's right. And again, thank you guys for listening. I'm Jordan Jensen. Joe Blansky. And we'll talk to you later. Then bear with us.